Hey, it's me, Queen PR. And I'm back with Mr. Brian H. Waters. And we're here to talk about what everyone's talking about. It was Iron Claw Week um, for the Ring of Wrestling. Oh my God, I'm so scared. Um, and, uh, <laughs> um, but the movie comes out December 22nd. Uh, it is the, the story of the Von Erich family, uh, directed by Sean Durkin and it stars Zac Efron in what was described as a career defining role for him. And mm. if you know, he, you know, Zac Efron, he just got a Hollywood uh, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You know, he has defined his career to a certain extent. So to to hear that this role, him playing Kevin Von Erich is one that's considered career defining is amazing. And he did an amazing job in the film. Uh, Jeremy Allen White, uh, I, I never remember the the guy that plays Fritz, but the casting. Hope McCallanay. Yes. Uh, the casting was unbelievable in this film. But before we get into it all, uh, Brian H. Waters and I are here to kind of give you a little bit of a review, a little bit of a recap, um, some takeaways from the film. Uh, there really isn't a such thing as spoilers. I think, you know, everyone kind of knows what happens to the Von Eric <laughs> family. Um, but we do hope to give you some insight um, from, you know, two people that just really like uh storytelling and you know about wrestling and you know going in down the rabbit hole of the von eric family it's just it's um it's a, a fantastic film so we mm-hmm. were actually uh fortunate enough to see it twice so we were able to you know get it you know that first round done and then see it a second time and really kind of digest it and really pay attention and uh, notice things that in details that we didn't see. Uh, but first, Brian, how did you first uh, learn of the Von Erichs uh, family? Because we, you know, obviously didn't grow up in that time. We're from, you know, the East mm-hmm. Coast. What was your first um, discovery? As far as the family is concerned, I feel like one day I was just over my grandmother's house. And, you know, the late news came on. So, you know, you had the six o'clock news. Then there was always Mm -hmm. this other, like, dateline or something. It was always doing, like, these specials. And I remember it was, like, wrestling come on. So, you know, I probably was sitting there eating dinner. And then wrestling was on TV, caught my attention. And my grandma was like, oh, the Von Erics. And I'm like, well, who are they? So she was just like, real quick, like, it was this famous wrestling family in Texas. That was the first time I remember hearing about them. Mm-hmm. But my first memory is the Texas Tornado, who we know is Carrie Von Eric. And as a child, it was something about seeing tassels on wrestlers that <laughs> drew me cool into it. Right. You, you think about Macho Man had him, mm-hmm. Ultimate Warrior. Yep. Shawn Michaels and Mario Gennetti when they were the Rockers. So Texas Tornado... He had that look. He had that music that was kind of like, I remember that. And I always thought that spin he did was so cool, which I learned was like the discus punch, I guess. So when that happened, I said, all right, you know, it made me, um, it made me a fan. So that's like my first memory. Uh, How about yours? I, um, it was it was a documentary about 
No, it was a YouTube countdown about famous wrestling families. And then, of mm-hmm. course, I had to, like, look up at all of the ones that was mentioned. And then the tragedy. Mm-hmm. It was just like, wait, what happened? You know, it's it's a story that you can only... It has to be true. Like, it's, it's too uh tragic to not be true you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like what do they say the truth is stranger than fiction or, or something Ooh. like that because you have this iconic family mm-hmm. and i was able to read the director statement from uh sean durkin and mm-hmm. just a little bit about the director he lifelong wrestling fan grew up in london he would basically f- was obsessed with finding anything wrestling that he possibly could, you know, surf channels and, you know, whatever was on that wrestling related, he was going to watch it. He would go to bookstores and video stores. And like the first thing he would look for was wrestling stuff. And it just also just gives you an appreciation of that dedication because now we could go on YouTube, we could watch old matches, we can literally do whatever, but to be, you know, in somewhere that it's not really readily accessible. And he talked about, how the story and the sadness of the Von Erich tragedies like always stuck with him, you know, him being a a big of a wrestling fan and it just always left this impression on him. So he became a filmmaker and this is his third movie actually Mm -hmm. uh, produced by a 24 shout out to them. Um, And he wanted to tell this story, but he didn't want it to be necessarily about the tragedy. He wanted it to be about the lack of, of grief, the avoidance of grief, the story of an American family who is living under the shadow of masculinity, performing masculinity, performing strength, performing power, um, and what that meant for generational uh, trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, not being able to to be weak or to show your feelings and what that can really lead to when it gets to a stage where you have to live up to the most unattainable expectations. Yeah. When, um, you know, one about Dirk, one note about Durkin, it makes you connect with him even more because he's like one of us. Mm-hmm. You, you know how much like we love wrestling and you know i can remember being a child anytime i had to go to the market with my mother and i was like ma can i go in the magazine section and it was always two types of magazines that was the wwe magazines or the gaming magazines. and at this time you had wwe you had pwi wcw had a magazine but i feel like that was just in <laughs> stores here and there um, and then you had all other wrestler magazines that no longer exist. So hearing that about Durkin, I was like, yeah, you know what? And one of the things that I was happy that we were able to do was just have a quick, quick word with him mm-hmm. after the premiere, you know, just to really thank him for this and really thank him for, you know, taking on this task. Um, and I, I find it interesting. I love the fact that you said that you was watching documentaries and then you started going through each individual family uh because for me i also remember watching the um world class the tragedy and triumphs dvd 
And when that came out, you know, I watched that. Um, I had a previous show with my cousin, and he just kind of off the top of his head, like broke everything down to me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> wow, wait a minute, what? And you know, just to kind of spoiler alert, well, no, nah, this interview already aired. Um, one of the things that stood out when Zach Efron was like, because we Dave and Kaz asked him, like, did you think like this was true? Were you familiar with the story? And they wasn't. Mm-hmm. Him or Jeremy Allen White. And he was like, wait, no way this could happen to a family. Like, are you kidding me? This couldn't happen in one family. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy. It, and and I'm glad that it was more about everything else, especially the brotherhood. And right. I know we'll get into right. it, but you know, I, I'm so glad that Durkin took on this project. I uh, uh I am too, and I'm glad you brought up the brotherhood because that is a key part to their story and I we went down the Von Eric rabbit hole and you always hear close-knit inseparable Mm -hmm. um unbreakable bond like it's always kind of described in the extreme of just how connected this family was and to their father as well because you have to think about the layers of these dynamics you have And, you know, I'm trying to talk less about the wrestling side of it because I do Mm -hmm. feel like this is an Oscar-worthy film that everyone can enjoy is a hard word because of how the story is, but it's a beautiful piece of art that people can enjoy or be entertained by because it's about so much more than wrestling. It's about... um, a brotherhood. It's about the fabric of kind of the American way of, of being tough. Like that Texan, you know, that was a part of their identity was them Mm -hmm. being like the, the, the man's man, um, strong, you know, achievement, success. Like that was the priorities that were handed down to these kids. It's about, um, what I mentioned before, you know, dealing with trauma, generational trauma, not addressing your emotions, like all of that mental health. Um, it's so layered. So many different people can relate to how layered the story is because we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been obsessed also with uh, family businesses, family dynasties. Okay. Because it is such a, like, like families who um, like succession. Yeah. Like that is like right on my alley where the business dy- dynamics and, and are literally like interweaved into the family dynamic. Like that is what the family is based on is like, it's all in one kind of, and it's the same thing. Like he, uh, succession, he was raising his kids to be businessmen and businesswomen. He were not ra- that he was not raising a son and daughter. He was raising businessmen. Mm. Um, you know, Fritz von Erich was raising future world heavyweight champions. And I am I am a hundred percent sure that there is not a day in those boys' lives where they did not hear something to the effect of one of y'all coming home with a world heavyweight championship or something, whether it's the Olympics, whatever is that like achievement of hyper masculinity, like whatever, you know, is up there. They did, they were built. The three oldest ones were literally built like fucking thoroughbreds. Like it was insane how fit they were. Yeah. And one thing about the brotherhood there and now, you know, 
you while you were talking, I realized something, and you may have peeped this. They were so close that you know how parents don't, in some cases, don't fight in front of their children. Yeah, it was like the same thing. Like if you remember when uh, Fritz declared that David was up next. And Kevin looked at him, but he didn't challenge him. No, not that part. The part when he said he cuts the promo where Kevin is caught up mm-hmm. and David saves him. And he didn't say nothing in front of the father, but once they was by themselves. Yeah. And that and that was that brotherhood. And you talk about the tragedy. And it's as if like once David is gone, a piece of that brotherhood is gone. And then you even see that, not dissemination, because they're like competitive, but they're together. But mm-hmm. even Carrie and Kevin, they're, they're arguing in front of their right. dad. And, right. But the brotherhood was so strong, even with Mike, where, and this is the thing I love that is so displayed in there, because you see how they go pick him up. Mm-hmm. They get off of their diet. Uh, Kevin got off his mm-hmm. diet to eat a cheeseburger to celebrate yep. with Mike. Um, when one they didn't just one of them didn't go, all of them went even to the point they brought the sister in law, and, and that's when she, you know, became the sister in law. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, they all went together, you know, yep. and then, and I've, and by this time they, you know, they sneaking him out the house, and but it's also a thing that it was also kind of tragic too because. You understand they was raised to be tight. But also when it came a time when they needed their parents, what are you talking to me for? You got your brothers. Right. And 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 you and I both are blessed to have wonderful mothers mm-hmm. who would never say that to us. Right. They're like, Ma, you know, I want you to no, let them handle it. No, why are you talking to me? You you it is almost like I done had enough of y'all. Y'all figure this out. Y'all don't need to come to me for anything. So, you know, as this happens, it's like, wow. So, yet when you see this brotherhood, it just makes you appreciate. But it also makes you wonder, just like, is that what was the, was it too much? You know, you talk about like the toxic masculinity and everything. Was it too much that caused this um this line of tragedies. Right. But also another thing that I I forgot to mention when just like how layered their story is and their dynamic is they're famous. Mm-hmm. They're celebrities. That's a whole nother type of lifestyle that you have to deal with. You know, being the, probably the most famous family in Texas, every move that they made was televised. Every achievement, you know, it it was newsworthy, like what the Von Erics were up to. So you now have to live up to these wild expectations of that God-fearing Texas man. You, you know, you have to be virtuous. You have to be a role model to kids. You have to um, be a good wrestler. Like, you know, all of that, that any person would not, you know, wouldn't be able to deal with. And then on top of that, be have to succeed in one of the hardest businesses there is to succeed in. And then on top of that, you have the pressure of their father who is openly pitting them against each other, openly having favorites, 
openly um it was another really poignant thing i read uh in the press notes where even when uh as far as like how they express grief or address grief or whatever um you know fritz told them take your sunglasses off to go to david's mm-hmm. funeral like you know you wasn't allowed literally not allowed to show emotion and they noted that the father wasn't even allowed to sh- allowed to show emotion that he then went to perform strength in front of them by being the booker like mm-hmm. being um a promoter in this in this moment i should be a grieving father supporting my grieving sons but i am i can't be that i have to be the the booker the person that makes things happen the person that's still focused on that big that unattainable thing it was so sad and i shouldn't even call it a thing the nwa uh championship because at one point in time if you existed in the wrestling business it was the most coveted prize ever and it was just, you know, Fritz, That's that was his main focus. Yeah, you see that when he's like, I got to be a star and I got to have this big thing and I could take care of us because one day I'm going to be the world's heavyweight champion. So let's um, uh, move on from sort of the tragedy tragic part of the story because one thing I, I did enjoy about the film is that there were funny moments mm-hmm. there was humor there was the I guess that sibling rivalry stuff that you kind of only understand if you have siblings uh those inside jokes that the brothers had and stuff like that like I I enjoyed the the lighthearted moments of it because one thing I did realize going down the Von Eric rabbit hole too, uh, that the family dealt with is uh, how fast they became superstars. Like it mm. happened very fast. It was just like something clicked. They were on the top of the stratosphere. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel that the film kind of portrayed that, that aspect of it, like the fun side of wrestling? Cause I think they did a good job of, the montage of like what it was like on the road and some of their friendships with other wrestlers and stuff like that. Yeah. I thought that was great. Um, especially when you see Bruiser Brody and Gino Hernandez, mm-hmm. uh, kind of welcoming in David to the fold. Mm-hmm. And, um, you really see the, like, because we hear the stories about kayfabe and how the business was protected. And it almost makes you think that they didn't even talk backstage because they try to make it seem as if the um, backstage part was so separate. Because, you know, in certain companies, heels walk down one way, faces walk down the other. But you really see them intertwining. Uh, Another funny part was um, Ric Flair, where (laughs) Kevin loses it, beats the hell out of him. And then Flair's like, yeah, man, good job. I'll give you a rematch anytime. And they're kind of just looking like, the fuck? <laughs> and, and even Carrie, who's just sitting there like, okay. You know, I love that. Uh, but one part I really love, because it really showed just the brothers, was the um, <laughs> poor Mike was eating his food so fast. Mm-hmm. And they were like, and the mother said, why do you need to slow down? Like, if I don't, they're going to take the food from me. And then <laughs> David comes, I think it was David or Kevin, just comes and snatches 
the piece of bacon. And he's That's like, he takes so the funny. bacon back. And again, it's like you said, the stuff that you only understand if you have siblings, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't grow up in a house with brothers, but I had my god brothers. And when I would be over there, I would see a lot of those dynamics. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, and then the um, part where poor Kevin, first of all, he didn't know how to talk to women. And then his, you know, eventual wife would be like, you're supposed to ask me out. You're supposed to ask me out. Mm-hmm. They, like, can, she damn near throwing it at him. Right. She was. <laughs> and what I loved about that is when you read up, when you learn about like the Von Erich family, you don't <laughs> hear a lot about the good parts of their lives. Right. And the fact that he did find love. Because mm-hmm. you think about what this biopic is going to be about, you don't think that there would be a love story. So I appreciated that. Yeah, and, and she was you, cute. She was, and um, it was just so funny because it's like, so what do you want to do with your life? You know, have a house, have all my brothers. And he he just felt that, and again, back to the brotherhood, felt in that mm-hmm. responsibility, and right. then he wouldn't accept being the oldest brother. He was older than them, but because of, you know, and it was so sad when he said, yeah, just one day he wasn't there to play with anymore. Mm. Um, talking about Jack, who, you know, died at the age of uh, seven through tragedy. But, mm-hmm. and, and it was so cool to see them as children, you know, when, when um, Jack and Kevin were babies, well, younger, and they were playing and, you know, giving their dad the claw. And you you see this soft side of Fritz. Yeah. And, you you know, we talked about, they said that, like, that's what changed him when he lost right. his first son. Mm-hmm. Kind of, like, wanted the world to, like, feel the same thing. But, you know, even when, like I said, when uh, the competition, mm-hmm. um, the brothers, they stood together. It's like, well, maybe, maybe dad just got us mixed up. He's like, got a problem? Mm-hmm. Nah. You know, and, but uh, that was fun. The, the wedding. Man, that was and, a good time. And, and it's the sad part is because it's like that's the last where they're mm-hmm. all together. But you know, just watching them dance, you could see, um, you could see like Mike had a special. First, it looks like he's crushing on mm-hmm. Kevin's girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. but then you realize he's just kind of like happy somebody else is around and not yeah. judging him. And you realize it's just so innocent. He just wants to tell her right. all the things that his brothers probably wouldn't accept about exactly. him. Exactly. Like, because there is that vulnerable person that comes yep. in that's, like, open to it. Like, no, mm-hmm. talk to me. Like, well, you know, what do you like to do? I like how they was able to show that you had to make a choice. Like, as a man, you had to make a choice between if you wanted to go down the creative, artistic route, which is considered kind of weak, or if you're going to be a football player, like it's almost like a no brainer, but I like how the mom mentioned, like your father's a very good musician. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. don't let him fool you. Like he was actually very good at it. He could have done it, you know, in college on the college level. Um, and then the fact that the sons picked that up. Do you see how he looked at him? It's just that he had that, he was like blushing. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. it was like, mm-hmm. Man, like, you know, you could just see the smile mm-hmm. that he had for her. Um, and then even at the wedding, 
It's like yes, man, it's like it ain't no kids gonna be home. Yep. You got all them kids. You got to find time. You got to find that window time and do what she you got to do. She's like, now I ain't got to worry about you getting me pregnant. Yo, she mama Von Eric wants to have a good time. Dude, do you ever think? Night. Do you think maybe they wanted girls? I know, like we we like I don't think nobody ever thinks about that when it comes to the Von Erics. Like, mm-hmm. you think they was trying for a girl? I wouldn't put it past them. Okay. I am sure that I actually had that thought because mm. I was watching something about Stampede Wrestling and then I started thinking about the Hart family. And you can't help but be like, okay, well, you know, Brett grew up in a wrestling family, kind of the same thing mm. to a certain extent, only like in Canada. And there's not as much of that like pressure to be you know, masculine. There is, but, you know, it's kind of different. Um, and I was like, what stopped them from feeling that pressure to the point where, you know, it leads you to, like, suicide or something? And I was like, what if it's the presence of girls? What if it's that? Because Brett always talked about, like, how, you know, his first daughter, Natalia's mom, which I think is hilarious. Uh, I forget her name right now. But, like, she did no wrong in her father's eyes. Like she was perfection. Like he, that was his soft spot. And even you, you have a sister and Mm -hmm. you even say that that's the one person that can like probably be the one to get through, you know, to your dad. Like it's something about that dynamic. I'm like, that could have brought more vulnerability to the family. And maybe the Mm -hmm. mom would have felt like she had an ally in being able to show your feelings or listen to your son you know, express his feelings. Cause even with the presence of her daughter-in-law and, um, uh, on the way to, I think the second or third funeral, unfortunately. And the first one, the mom, the film did a very good job of showing how she kept it together. Mm-hmm. She put her dress on, she was quiet. She wasn't crying. She was doing any of these things. But then she realizes, like, this dress is, this funeral dress is too familiar. Like, I've been to, basically, like, I'm tired of putting this on. I've been to too many of these now. And it's the presence of another woman, her daughter-in-law, where she's able to actually be vulnerable for a second and say, like, you know, this is hard. This is fucked up. Because, mm-hmm. um, the, the, you know, Fritz definitely wouldn't have been able to be that support to her. Yeah. Uh, and and that was the thing because, and it's so weird. I don't say weird, but it's so hard watching the part when they sitting there mourning David because mm. you just saw how tight they were. You know, usually, um, if it's it can be a situation where a couple of them are close. You know what I mean? But you really seem like. No, like they all roll for Mike, not just one, mm-hmm. you know. And and then you hear the stories, when you hear like the real life story, you hear that Mike and Chris was tight. Obviously they were younger. Um Carrie and Kevin will obviously be tighter later because of they was essentially, you know, the last ones. Mm-hmm. But you see like, man, it's like, okay, what are we gonna do? And and again, that dissemination. Um, but it do make you know, and I'm glad you brought that up because like I'm like, wow, you know. That could have been a difference. One daughter probably you right. know, could have made a difference because even then, Kevin was allowed to be vulnerable right. with his wife. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And, and you know, shout out to her. She stuck with him. She gave him time. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to necessarily. Because, and like he was saying, he kept looking. He, he looked at it and said, I don't want him to get it. And he was talking about like the mm-hmm. curse. And it was his mm-hmm. thought was, I just stay away from him. Right. You know, and, and I thought it was a great job. You know, first of all, Zach Efron, just playing that role, mm-hmm. for him to transform his body. Insane. Yeah. Jeremy Allen White. Mm-hmm. Like fit. The Von Eric brothers were so fit. It is insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the fact that they put on that muscle is not easy. And them also learning, you know, going back to how good the casting was and you know, we talk about it all the time, like being wrestling fans, being in wrestling media and how mm-hmm. there's just like this lack of recognition to a certain extent. Like I don't know what it is. Like it's just never there. There's always like something. Um, but to hear them talk about how they gained respect for it because they had to train yeah, and how it's an art form and how, you know, one wrong move, one mistake and, you know, you can hurt someone, you can end your career. So that was another very endearing part of it. Cause, um, I was able to, we were able to hear the Q and a, uh, when we went to an early uh, screening of it from Zach Efron and, um, Jeremy Allen White and the uh, guy that played David and just how much it took on their bodies and how they appreciated the level of sacrifice mm-hmm. that it takes to be a wrestler. Um, oh, yeah. Stanley Simmons, who plays uh, Mike. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I loved hearing from them. But one other thing I, I, I thought was interesting just to go kind of more into the wrestling aspect of the movie is how innovative their promotion was mm. and how much of a big deal it was when the family broke off from the NWA and showing all of that, showing how business declined and how business was intertwined with the family dynamics. We watched a video on the attend and, and they mentioned the attendance records for the David Von Eric Memorial wrestling show, because how else are you going to send them off except a wrestling show? Um, to, you know, my, um, like Chris's funeral, for example, and just how the, it, you know, re- attendance of a wrestling show was equal to where the family was at the time, you know, uh, Kevin having to convince their dad, like, it's time to sell, like, it's over. You know what I mean? Like it, it's over. It's not going to happen. Um, those were interesting aspects. Seeing how Ric Flair, you know, we know him as kind of when I think of the NWA championship and it's like, you know, golden era, like you can't help but think about Ric Flair and how he's the one that ultimately became the man and like Fritz watching that on TV and, you know, how ingrained all of this is in the history of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and just to, you know, talk about the wrestling part of it, to see those scenes, because, you know, we've been to wrestling shows. We've been to, um, you know, whether it's independent mm-hmm. or whether it's, you know, big arenas, big stadiums. But to see like the sportatorium and to see them there and then like for them to do this in front of people and you can see like they got the rush, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I can just imagine like what it would what it was like. You know, they got what it was like to walk out in front of a crowd. And a shout out to Chavo Guerrero, mm-hmm. who trained a lot of them. And he said he wasn't training them to, you know, he wasn't training them to work at like right. work a match at WrestleMania, but training them just to, you know, be able to take the moves. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, he didn't want them doing moves that they couldn't do. And he was mm-hmm. surprised by even like Jeremy Allen White being able to do some moves. Like, wait, how'd you do that? Mm-hmm. And then shout out to Fritz, who, excuse me, Hope McCollin, he said, because, <laughs> you know, I told him, I said, you were Fritz. And he said, when Fritz died in 97, he wasn't able to talk to him. So upon his studying, you know, he had to learn and he went to somebody we know, Johnny Rods, mm. to learn about doing the craft. And to the point, Chavo had to unteach him some things. Like, mm-hmm. all right, don't do all that. So I, I thought that was great, you know. And it's always fun when you're watching a wrestling movie to see the wrestling part of it. Right. You know, we're big Heels fans. So when they mm. get in the ring and we see um, Stephen Amell mm-hmm. get in the ring, it's like, okay, what's he going to do? You know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, obviously we saw, like, CM Punk and AJ Lee. But when you see the actors and actresses get in the ring and do it, it's like, man, this is this is incredible. It is. I liked, too, the subtlety of a lot of the aspects of the story. Like, they were, like, Sean Durkin was able to really express how famous they were without doing, like, the typical chasing the limo scene uh the way they presented mm. carrie's amputated foot like the you could go the generic route and have the scene in the hospital where the doctor comes in and says we have to amputate the foot and carrie you know carrie reacts that would have been like the normal generic scene but instead mm. you have this powerful scene of well first you start with carrie you know his motorcycle accident you know everyone yeah. knows about that so you have this scene where it's dark, all you have are the headlights and you have the street blurred and you hear the road and you hear the wheels and you hear all this, then you hear the crash. And then there's silence. And then you see um Jeremy Jeremy Allen White, uh Carrie Von Eric walk with crutches, and then you see that his foot got amputated. And it it's such a powerful scene because one, it lets you know what happens, mm-hmm. but then it also for some, somehow shows like, these are the consequences. Like I did this and then this was the consequences of what happened. And this is now what I have to live with. And now like my life, like his life will like never literally be the same. You know, they touch on his drug uh, habit. By showing him taking a, you know, it, it's just a very nice way to tell these little intricacies of the story because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. I want to hear your your thoughts on this as well because you, you know, were able to talk to the cast and some of the cast about the film and you know, shout out to Ringer Wrestling and all the content they were able to produce. Um, but like, you just can see that. Like you didn't need to exaggerate these things. The story's the story's exaggerated enough. It's dramatic enough. Mm-hmm. So he was able to have these scenes tell a lot of the story. It's not easy to tell a biopic. It's not easy to, you know, especially to fit it in a film that you want to be like commercial at the end of the yeah. day. Like 
So you have to make kind of creative changes and decisions, but also tell the full story. And I think the director did an amazing job on that. But uh, what were some of the insights you learned talking to um, and producing some of the interviews with the the cast of The Iron Claw? Yeah, um, one, you know, their respect for the, the craft of pro wrestling. Um, you learn about that, um, you know, especially Fritz. Um, <laughs> Holt. I, I keep calling him Fritz. You <laughs> he know, did a good job. He, he was so good. He said the biggest thing, the biggest compliment that he got was that they told him, you know, they, he watched the interview and they said, Kevin said they found somebody to play Fritz. And it's funny because I was just listening to an interview with Jim Cornette, one of his social clips. And he said, yeah, that's going to be tough. Who they going? Who the heck they going to find to play Fritz? And they found the perfect person. Um, so that was one thing. Um, you know, with the thing about they really love, the, like I said, the brotherhood. But then the, the cast also became brothers, you know. And I, I learned this from the guy who played uh, uh, David um, yesterday, uh, Harris Dickinson, when I went to um, this past uh, Tuesday, I went to the record um, another screening in DC and I thought the actors and stuff were going to be there, but they showed them on the screen. It was pre <laughs> It was on tape delay. <laughs> uh, but you know, Harris Dickinson said that, you know, he, he was a wrestling fan growing up. He always wanted to get kicked in the head by Rey Mysterio. But he talked about That's just being... so interesting. <laughs> yeah. And he said it was fun, but, you know, it was funny that they were on us, um, that, you know, they got along. And Durkin said, you know, it doesn't always happen that way. But they became brothers. So that was, you know, a couple of things. And um, just really Durkin's preparation, you know, recreating the sportatorium. You know, and that the TV had, had a way because shout out to David Shoemaker, um, who spent some time in his childhood in Texas and oh, a college, and he'd been to the Sportatorium. And he said, like, it was on TV, it looks great, but it's really like a small, sweaty place. But you know, when we look at those old videos, it looks like it's the, it looks like no, it's not, you know, not MSG or Manhattan Center, but it looks like a premier. Texas arena. Mm-hmm. So that was a couple of things that um, you know, and and the biggest takeaway really was just like I said, just the actors and you know, really kind of like, you know, respecting wrestling. Uh it would be interesting to see if somehow, because I saw WWE send out an email. I don't know if you got the email, but they sent out an email promoting a movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it would be interesting to see if they uh you know, when I'm, you know, had a little WrestleMania moment, <laughs> mm. you know, we seen this. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so that would be interesting. That would be interesting. And um, I'm glad you said that because I was interested to see like kind of where WWE fit in all of this, because I do see this movie doing very well. I do see uh, it being showered with awards hopefully i also want to see what it does with other wrestling related media you know you brought up heels heels Mm -hmm. sadly was canceled after two seasons and i hold hope 
We're gonna hold hope that it's gonna come back. It's gonna pick up. I I would love that. It was on stars, and I think it also had a lot to do with the strike, um, having to cut costs and you know, the wrestling show. Mm-hmm. You know, but I hope that this kind of shows a whole new light to it. Cause so we did a fan club. Uh that's our weekly wrestling fan club stream that we do on those wrestling girls Twitch every Wednesday. And we talked about wrestling movies and we talked about the wrestler. And the wrestler was also a movie that was uh critically acclaimed, nominated for awards, might even have won some awards, but it also was you know, kind of the same old story, like has been washed up and, you know, can't, can't like let it go kind of vibe. But the Von Eric family film is so, is, you know, and, and, and no shade to the wrestler, but I just feel like the Iron Claw has a different tone because Mm -hmm. of it's, it's something about that family aspect because everyone can relate to that. Everyone can relate to sibling rivalry. Everyone can relate to, you know, impossible pressure and standards being put on you by your family, generational trauma, um, toxic masculinity, uh, lack of mental health awareness. Like all of these things are things that we can all touch on and relate to. And then on the other side of that, you know, you have to appreciate the fact that Sean Durkin is a diehard wrestling fan and he grew up loving it and he has a huge respect for it. And you mentioned before, like I, the film brought me to tears you know, the first time I saw it for so many different reasons. And it wasn't even the tragedy of the story because I've, I've, I know the tragedy of the story, Mm -hmm. but it was the fact that a wrestling family was being featured, you know, being presented in this way where it has Oscar buzz. Like I had to thank Sean Durkin, like, Mm -hmm. thank you for being that diehard wrestling fan that's in these rooms selling this movie to people because I've been there and it's not easy. And talking to Stephen Amell and how hard it was for him, you know, on the marketing side of things because it's about wrestling. And so, like I said before, like, I feel like this is crossing that line, that barrier of like that perception of, of these stories. Um, But, um, you know, just being able to, to thank him for that was you know a beautiful thing i do appreciate as well that it kind of opened up like even for us being you know invited to like the premiere and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. the the screenings like it's kind of like a new chapter for all of us in a way you know (laughs) and i hope everyone loves the movie just as much as we did because I am already just even talking about it, even us preparing for this. Mm. I was like, I want to watch the movie. <laughs> no, same. I, I've been, you know, I've been in the iron claw rabbit hole for work, you know, just cutting up like social clips and producing the, um, interviews, but also been in the Von Eric rabbit hole, which, you know, I'm excited that we'll do a deep dive on the family. Mm-hmm. Um, because so much stuff like we've learned and it, it it's one of those things that kind of make you wish it was around. Like I love being born mm. in 86, but it's like, man, you know, cause like I, I got a chance to see the, it with my uncle and, you know, for those who's, you know, seen my post, the one that wanted to name me junkyard dog, I was with him and we was, he was sitting there and, you know, because it's based on you, you know, you can have right. the creative difference, like creative control. 
And he would say, actually, this one happened. Or this is, a, oh, okay, I see it. And, but he enjoyed it. As somebody mm-hmm. who lived it post-David dying. So, like, he discovered World Class around, like, 84, 85, 86. And, well, 85, 86. And he enjoyed it. So, you know, to see that from his perspective. And the one question before we get out of here, because you brought up the wrestler. Do you mm-hmm. think you enjoyed this more because it was based on a family you had did research on? Um, like, as opposed to being just a generic, let's just make a family about, make a story about a family and wrestle. Mm-hmm. I think it was a little bit of both. I okay. think the Von Eric family is one I, I've, I've read Shakespearean, you yeah. know, their story. I've read... Uh, all these different things about them. It's almost like, I hate to say it. And the only reason I can say this is because I read so many different places and also can see that Kevin did come out of this. He is at peace. He -hmm. is on the other side of it. And he's having so much fun right now, like seeing him on the red carpet, seeing him um, with shoes on, (laughs) even in the ring uh, recently for AEW and and all of that, that I can say, like, it's almost like it's like made for a movie. Like, their story is so, and they left things out. Sean Durkin also mentioned in his director's statement that the story is actually way more tragic than we put in the movie <laughs> like there's a lot they like they leave a whole brother out that <laughs> you know we don't need to sadly Chris. succumb to you know a tragic uh his life ended too soon as well um and the divorce but, right the divorce you see it, sort of but you don't see it you know what right, I mean? right 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 or even just how bad Kevin and Fritz's relationship had got at one point, which is completely natural. Like, it, it, you know, the, the last surviving members, you know, who who else are you going to, you know, take it out on? But um, I think their story was meant to be told. It's It's one of those, like, you know, because wrestling is such a interesting one-of-a-kind business like it's only like one-of-a-kind unique wild personalities that can exist in it and the von eric family is one of those families that you know their story was just always meant to be told i think yeah i want to see one on the hard thing right now me too. I uh, mean, he, Sean Durkin just yeah, line him up. <laughs> Yo, just get, get look. Hollywood gives Sean all the movies. Yep. By the time this is said and done, wrestling's everything going to triple, and people going to respect yep. the craft. I mean, could, oh my gosh, could you imagine you got that Dark Side from? of the Ring? Like, just hook up with those guys. Mm-hmm. Plenty of material. <laughs> you, could you imagine Zach Efron playing Bret Hart? Oh my god. He's such a good actor. He's did such a phenomenal job. Like I wouldn't put anything past. You know what else is you just, you know, reminded me of of just how this could open up so many doors is like how many Hollywood actors now might be more interested in playing like wrestlers or being like what other wild ass stories cuz we know how wild the wrestling business mm-hmm. is, but just like imagine being completely new to it. World there class is alone. like right, there's fucking tons of material to work in a 24s do what you gotta do maybe we should send him a wish list 
We should. Yeah, the Gino Hernandez story. That would be epic. Bruiser Brody. Um, oh my gosh. Like that would be yeah. wild. <laughs> Yeah, like Wild. you said, that, that that could be the pipeline. They they we see it on Dark Side of the Ring. Yep. Send it A24, make a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to thank you for going down the Von Eric rabbit hole with me. Uh hey, being I able to review the Iron Claw <laughs> because it's just fun because we're yeah. so open to it. And I hope that whoever, you know, does listen to this. You know, let us know how you feel about the film when you go see it. You know, if you don't, you're entitled not to love it as much as we do. I would love to know your thoughts. I would love, you know, you you know where to find us. Well, actually, Brian H. Waters, where can everybody find you on social? Let us know how you how you feel about the film. At Brian H. Waters on <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, mm-hmm. and Facebook at Brian H. Waters Talk Show Host. Oh my god, that's a new social handle that I never heard that before. You haven't? I've said it every no. week. Or well, probably because fan club I've been finished. Because I don't want people like adding me on Facebook because I'm not mm. gonna like open the door. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrity shit. It's- um <laughs> so uh, you can find me everywhere on social at queen three underscores PR. Make sure you follow those wrestling girls everywhere. Subscribe to our Patreon, our YouTube channel. We stream weekly on Twitch. New episodes coming January 6th to be exact with my girl, Krista B. We are back. We haven't streamed together for a long time. So we will be streaming in a couple of weeks, kind of updating you guys on the big plans that we have for the new year. Check out Top Rope Tea on the U.S. Sun social channels and YouTube channel. It is a new show um, that we have been workshopping. So any feedback on that would be amazing. And then another show that I've sort of been workshopping, which is very much my passion project right now. And that's where wrestling meets pop culture. It is a weekly show where I basically delve into what your favorite wrestlers are up to outside of the ring. So we don't talk about matches. We don't talk about pay-per-views and predictions all that shit we basically kiki about the fun side of this and uh two episodes have gone now and you can see a lot of the clips on my social media and again any feedback on that would be amazing as well thank you all for your feedback and support so far has been phenomenal shout out to storyline tees uh who has been sponsoring uh where wrestling meets pop culture and um the crew and everyone as a part of the gwg family and for everyone who is returning as a patron <laughs>